Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring, and motivating life changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion, and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to the Prosperity Project. We all experience ups and downs as part of our life experiences together. But after maybe perhaps some heartbreaking, some trauma experiences, what do you do after that initial shock? Can you actually make the decision to use it as an experience that will make you bitter or better? That's what we're going to cover in this very honest podcast today. And I do hope you take away something from it. If you're going through maybe a a difficult situation, this could be just for you. So we're kicking off 2022 season in style. So before we delve right into this topic, which I think is actually going to be quite insightful, I know that I'm going to draw on a lot of my personal experience to hopefully share some things and why I chose the topic of do we choose to be bitter or better with our life experiences. But we're, this is the first podcast of 2022 that we're yep, recording. Um, we took some time off over Christmas and New Year, didn't we? Although our household got the... We got now, the old I'm trying to say that. Oh, well, we do monetize now. Just, no, um, yeah, we got ended up with the virus, although it was only me who was confirmed as positive. But you and our youngest child definitely we had, had the same. You had going the same. On. We were all breathing the same air. So, yeah, we ended up actually being in isolation over Christmas Day and Boxing Day and right up to, I think it was Hogmanay that we were allowed free, wasn't it? Because it was still 10 days back then. So that was our experience. And actually, looking back, no doubt maybe a lot of you had to do similar over Christmas and New Year. I felt it was a nice time to be in isolation, but actually I was longing for the New Year to come around because it meant freedom, because it meant we could actually (laughs) leave the house and interact again. But I think the biggest hardship was more so it being the 10 days. Mm -hmm. So I don't think think being locked down or isolated was too bad. And actually that's quite interesting because it kind of goes into this topic Mm, a little bit. So there's a lot of people that had circumstances where they weren't able to go and deal with their plans that they had yes, so they couldn't have family yes. around or they couldn't visit people or um, they had to let down people and I think there's a lot of people that kind of had this attitude of oh no my Christmas is ruined yeah that's interesting and yep that would have happened last year as well but actually depending on how you look at it depending on your mindset and your approach mm. you can look at it as it's ruined everything and all of your plans are thrown up in the air and it's all terrible mm. or you can just look at it as just it not being a bigger deal Life throws obstacles at you and how you choose to deal with it really determines how your mindset goes Mm. and how you carry on with it. And yes, we did have some plans around Christmas, what we were going to be doing. Um, We didn't have anything like crazy booked in. We didn't have 30 people booked to come around or anything. (laughs) So it wasn't too bad. But our plan has definitely got changed. But we just rolled with it. We actually Mm. saw the opportunity for the kids actually to spend a little bit more time with their toys and the mm. things they got for Christmas. Yep. And just to and everyone get feel to hang better. Out. Exactly. So yeah, we I think towards the last three or so days, we definitely were looking to be able to do something. We got a little bit tired <laughs> of being stuck in the house. But it wasn't too bad overall. Mm. And that's just a very high level. I think in our case for, you know, the C word, thankfully we all felt remarkably okay a little bit of a cough a little bit of feeling tired obviously it's affected a lot of people very differently so in that instance I go to the positive of actually what a blessing that this is 
the version we were experiencing like you know I'm thankful that it was now in this version rather than previous and people who've really been hard hit so the reason for this topic and when I thought of the title I automatically thought of the tongue twister you know Betty Botter bought some butter but through my coaching experience and helping people it's nearly four years now coming up in March that I've been making YouTube videos which is just crazy talking about, talking about money I've money for four years I've managed four to years. find topics that's what that is over 350 videos because I used to do two videos and three videos a week it's, it must be over 400 even different topics but there's a common theme that is definitely out there that we all experience in human life and you know we're coming into nearly our second year marker of this podcast even we've only been on the youtube channel my channel for a couple of months three four months already but we've been doing this since april 2020 right nearly two years and a lot of people are we've talked about this a couple of times about they're stuck in events that have happened to them now what i'm talking about here is we've all we will all experience heartache we will all experience various levels of trauma of upset of things not going to plan and you know i do not need to list all the examples of things that can be wrong in the world or you know be experienced or be upon us but there's always going to be events that will emotionally take charge and you emotionally hit you emotionally affect you and I don't want to use the word scar but you do know there's some memories usually the negative ones that stick deeper and it's that that I wanted to focus on today and I felt it was going to be a really empowering thing as we go into a new year to maybe from our wisdom from our experience of things that have helped us when we've had to go through things and there's really only three key areas in life that people have these highly emotional experiences it's your health so, you, you know, you can really have something that's traumatic or life-changing there. Your money. Money has trauma. Unfortunately, a lot of people experience that and upset and things like that. And then relationships. Now, you could as a high level say that they're all relationship-based. They are actually relationship with yourself, relationship with others and things like that. But the key of this is that depending on the experiences you have, we've talked about this on another podcast about our thoughts and feelings being so critical here. However, we choose then to, moving forward, think or feel will then be the emphasis you put on the experience in life. Do you move that that experience makes you bitter, makes you you know more resentful, negative, or will it be used as something that you're going to see the good in? So recently we were having a conversation with somebody mm. and we were kind of just discussing various bits and pieces and something kind of came up in that conversation that I said that I thought was actually, I, I didn't realize right. what I was going to say until I said it. And <gasps> I didn't realize how powerful it was. I call was. that like the little God moment. Like you're just getting the download. Don't play. <laughs> but the thing I said was, don't focus on what you're not. Mm. Focus on what you are. Right. Yes. So by putting the emphasis not on labeling yourself as what you're not, what you're not able to do, what you're not able to achieve, what you're not able to move past. Instead, by focusing on where you are, what you are, where your skills are, where your strengths are, and not worrying about what you're not and what you've not moved past or what you've not focused on or where you're not delivering, mm. it's a great way of actually being comfortable with yourself and accepting who you are, where you are, and not stressing about those boxes that you haven't ticked yet. Right. By focusing on the elements where you are good, where you are stronger then you put less attention on the areas where you're weaker. And what I find is 
wherever you put your attention mm. is where your emotions follow, yes. where your mindset follows, and then where you can end up being bitter and mm. stuck in particular mm. places. Yep. If you put your mind to those areas a lot, and it's focusing on what you're not able to get past, what you're not able to achieve, what's kept you down. Mm. These are all what you're not and what you don't have. If you are spending your time focusing on everything that you do have, everything that you are, everything that you're actively working on and doing well in, you run out of time mm. to mm. be as bitter and as focused on those things which maybe are less desirable. Mm. That's so good. I. I was just thinking as you were talking there about like where you put your focus, it's almost like a magnet. That's what came to mind there. So a magnet is designed obviously to attract metal. So it's certain physical characteristics it will only attract, right? I can't put plastic and it'll attract its magnetic things. So our thoughts and our feelings, what you focus on is like that magnet. If you set it for, okay, I'm not good enough. I've got this evidence, you know, this person walked out on me or this happened to me at school or this person was mean. The focus, that magnet is going to draw more to it. It can't do anything other than that. You're drawing even more examples of what you want to see, right? That's how the brain works. Yes, the, the cars on the road syndrome. So yes, if you yes. are going to buy a new car, you suddenly notice that everyone's got that car mm, mm. when previously you wouldn't notice it at all. So wherever you put your focus, you'll notice more of it. You'll mm. notice it's, it's confirmation bias. Yes, Basically, absolutely, yep. if your brain is thinking about things, whether they're good, bad or indifferent, you put your attention there and you'll see more evidence that that is true. So confirmation bias is a really, really powerful thing. But it's it's just about you're getting feedback and positive feedback, mm. even if it's a negative situation, you're getting positive feedback to your brain that what you're thinking is correct. And here's the yes. evidence to back yes. it up. So when I was thinking about this, I wanted to really my past experience in my life because I feel like when we share from our personal life, you know, maybe there's something that if you're watching or listening, you can relate to. When I was at school, when I was about 13, 14, there's a time period where there was definitely a little bit of bullying going on by people within my close friends. So it wasn't external to my friends group. It was just just girls being I don't know, just not very nice, (laughs) just not very nice girls. And I can remember for maybe a period of like four or five months, it like school was just hard because I didn't want to be in school. I didn't enjoy going into classes. And for me, you know, my whole school life, school's always been very straightforward for me. Like I just found it quite easy. And, you know, I'm the type that I like to do well. I like that kind of praise and achievement. So at school, I was I did that. I think we covered me and my school experiences a couple of times. But you know, obviously, but this time period, it definitely felt like the more that I was aware of the little comments or the just being excluded from things in that group and the kind of the bullying tactics are very they're mine. You know, the subtle ones. It then seemed to just kind of crescendo within me that I became more and more anxious of going to school. I didn't want to be in classes if they were there or I was hyper aware of, oh, did they mean this? Did they mean that? That kind of gaslighting almost, you Mm -hmm. know, like, oh, are they actually suggesting or am I the crazy one here? So anyway, that was a good couple of months. It's the only time I've ever experienced it in my school life. And I can remember it was coming up to the Christmas holidays and I wasn't really going to school. I was making myself ill in the morning so I didn't need to go out. My mum didn't handle it too well and, you know, in trying to get me to school. And I can remember the teacher who was assigned to me and it was an older male teacher, probably in his 50s back then. And he said to my mum when the prep for the Christmas holidays, you know, Jennifer, when she comes back, 
a couple of, it was going to be a couple of years till I sat my standard grade, so that's like your O levels. It was like, yeah, Jennifer, I'll probably get you know two or three O levels, and maybe two or three hires. That That's was GCSEs. GCSEs. Our levels are even older. <laughs> Sorry, GCSEs. Um, but basically, whatever you know, I'm trying to explain the the school system, the qualifications. We used to be able to do eight in one year, the first level, and then it moved to five hires. And he was basically saying that I was going to get maybe a couple. Right. And so for me to hear that was such a strong emotional experience, because in that moment, I can remember, you know, being a 13 year old girl going, how can an adult be, first of all, not sympathetic to what's going on, but decide my fate for me? Right, okay. have decided that because I was stuck in the cycle of not coping and not doing this, that was my lot in life. I was stuck there and I was going to be, for a better word, bitter. You know, like that was the turning event that would change everything for me. And I can remember going into this, the Christmas holidays, deciding in that moment that never again would anyone decide what I was capable of. Like it was so strong within me. I've noticed that it's stuck. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know what you mean. Um, and you know, I went, and this is the the, the emotional, you know, switch that that went within me. And so I went straight back to school after Christmas, and I swear to goodness, it was like I was a different person. Every class, I was there doing my homework, no issue. Didn't care about those girls. I decided I was going to make new friends or just get on with life. Honestly, it was like empowered within me. There was something in me that was just like, no, I am going to use this to defy. I suppose what people thought of me. So you you were bogged down. Yes. Due to the circumstances. Yes. And then you had a shock basically to your system. Mm. So the same as a lot of people need something to snap them out of their own mindset and to get out of their own way. Mm. Um, And if you don't get that, sometimes it's very difficult to recognize that you do need to make a change. So yep. your shock was a teacher basically saying that you're not going to be able to deliver I'm just, I'm just, to a particular that's level. That's I'm a lost cause, basically. And that was the little slap around the face that you needed to pull yourself together and to move past and to being me- bitter yes. and being focused on the negatives. No, I and would instead, say, be yourself. I would say, like, with, in terms of bullying, I don't think it makes you bitter. My emphasis was, because obviously it's other people and their choices, my emphasis was the what I was allowing the consequence of that yeah, to so be, it, right? that's the thing, right? It plays on your mind every day. You're bogged down. It it, it structures your emotions. Mm. It structures how you feel about school. It dictates how positive you are, whether you can concentrate on anything else. Mm. So there's an awful lot that goes into it. But the key point is that you weren't able to find your way out of that or even recognize that you were so bogged down and there was a way out. Exactly. Until you got told something which you didn't want to hear. Well, it was a slap around the face. It's, that's that's the kind of thing, right? So The wake-up call. It's a wake-up like, call, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of people maybe that are heading towards medical conditions. But until you end up with a situation where either you're smoking, alcohol, weight, whatever it is, happens to impact you in a real way medically, mm, mm. that you need to go and get treatment and maybe it's stopping you from sleeping, breathing, functioning and work, yes, whatever yeah. it is. That's the kind of stuff that will often make people make a change. And without that, you can get stuck. So for you, in many ways, a teacher telling you that you weren't going to do particularly well Mm. was a blessing because that's the thing that gave you the wake up call absolutely, and set you on a new path with a different mindset. But it was a blessing, I suppose, because I chose to make it a blessing. Now, I want to interject the part of the podcast very in particular here because we're really talking about the after 
things happen. And I felt it was really important. I put this in the notes that I wanted to give some clear steps. If you're going through or you've just gone through something immediately, I'm not saying that this is a process that you can just snap into. If you've immediately experienced trauma or difficulty in your life, there's healing that needs to go on before you can then progress to this kind of which direction am I going to use? The, is this going to really take me down or is it, am I going to use it as a springboard? So in those instances, I would say if you're going through trauma right now or you're dealing, you're dealing with that healing process, there's a couple of key steps that I've found helped and I know Matt has as well. You've got to really work on your healing first of all. So maybe in my case, you might say that that was kind of quite a trivial thing. It's not obviously for the person going through it, um, at the time, if, you, if you've ever experienced bullying at school, there's various levels. But the person involved in the trauma or people definitely have to heal and make you know, be aware of what actually is done to them emotionally, their mindset. You know, Are they having to deal with any physical side effects as well of the trauma? Then the best thing I would say is seek people who are trained in the, the trauma that you're going through. So make sure you're talking to others. Maybe not loved ones, first of all. Maybe it does need to be external. No, but don't be afraid to go online, find somebody confidential and start talking through and going through. That really has often helped me, like that willingness to heal. And the third thing really for me is about I found to get over kind of trauma was getting back to habits that allowed me to center again, to feel just stable and not feel the highs and lows post-trauma. So that could be for me, I love, you know, doing morning pages, walking, but again, it was empowering myself. So back, let's say when I was 13, 14, for me, I can definitely remember just feel trying to feel confident again, going into school, just kind of reassessing, look, I'm safe, I'm well. I can remember those thoughts in my head. So, you know, it could well be that I'm thinking if you've had a health issue, you might look for a programme to support you as well or a group of people. So those, that is in that case when you're immediately dealing with trauma, don't try and apply these next steps that we're going to talk about afterwards. Get the immediate help that we know that can benefit as well. I think one of the next steps after that is actually forgiveness. Oh, huge. I was just so going to say that. So forgiving yep. either those who have impacted you and... Yes. and been one of the causes for these kind of things yes. to occur and for you to feel a particular way or forgiving yourself well both so really. <laughs> well if absolutely something happens both. to you so something like bullying mm. you will absolutely blame yourself on what you've done and how you've got yourself into this mess as well as blame the others for what mm. they've done um and when it comes to like health issues or relationship issues forgiving the other people and yourself mm. if there's yep. no one else involved or even if there is Forgiveness is very important because without being able to forgive, you're not able to really move forward from that point. Yes, yes. Because you're stuck with the the anger and the frustration and the disappointment and whatever else happens to be going on with that emotion. You mm. you carry that. And without shedding that blame, then you're stuck in that place Absolutely. where it's always someone else's fault. And actually, we've got a fantastic episode back in September of last year. We talked about what's in your backpack. So exactly what you were talking through, like, what are you carrying that you need to let go of? So yeah, exactly, exactly those steps indeed. And the forgiveness is huge. And I actually think it's a critical part of the process when dealing with trauma that it helps you to erase some of those mind pictures and experiences that are very, very intense. Because for there's a, a saying that says, you know, 
being bitter and angry about anything is kind of like you drinking poison and hoping the other person dies, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? You're just, the moment that you're just keeping all of this resentment and anger and trauma and, you know, within your body, the other person is not influenced by that at all. They're living their life. No doubt they put maybe feel certain things about it, what they did, but you're the one choosing to carry it and you don't need to. And it can, forgiveness, for, you know, in the cases when I've been through things, it can even be just writing it out, writing things out and throwing them in the bin, throwing them out, writing emails to people just to say, you know, I forget people have done that in the past, you know, like, I forgive you, don't hold anything, I let go of this memory, wish you the best, you can do that. And um, it can even just be a case of, you know, going to a certain place and feeling that you're letting go, you know, actually go back to maybe a place that triggers things for you and say, no, actually, I'm going to be secure and I'm going to be empowered here, flipping the script. So I'm going to ask, as we go into this next part of the podcast, very personal question. If you were being honest, listening, watching, whatever you're doing to, you know, enjoy this podcast, what are the painful situations in your life that come to mind that you know are still affecting you today? How do you feel about them right now? Do you actually feel bitter still? Is that the predominant emotion that comes to the surface? Or like we've kind of talked about that maybe there's been a blessing that, you know, out of this really awful situation, there has been one thing that's good. Maybe it's been you've lost someone you loved or that person left that marriage or left you, but actually, you now five years down the line, wow, you're you're doing outreach to help other people in a similar place or, you know, you've said the right thing at the right time to a loved one or a friend or something like well, that. The thing is, you don't even need to have something amazing come out of it. No, just that small You, you small can have thing. that you just don't have the baggage that comes of the situation that you had before. Yes, so if yes. a relationship breaks down for any reason, generally there's going to be some underlying issues and therefore you're going to probably have some kind of drama and stresses that mm. happen mm. Um, normally it doesn't happen out of the blue i mean sometimes it can do but most of the time it doesn't come out of the blue and there's various things that aren't quite right so as much as we can look back and say oh i miss this i miss that and it's a shame that this happened to me mm. the other side is if realistically you can look at it and say but now i don't have these arguments these stresses I'm not yeah. dreading getting home from work in the evening. I'm not dreading going to see the in-laws, whatever right. it is. Yep. There's lots of things that you can explore in your mind and find positives. And it doesn't need to be as drastic as you've had trauma and now you're part of a program that helps people with similar trauma. Mm. Obviously, you can take it to those kind of levels. Um, I think the key is what you're telling yourself about a situation and how true that is drives how you're actually going to feel about it. So, like, you talk about money a lot. You yes. talk about people's mindsets with money. Yes. Because how we feel about money mm, really yep. determines how good we are at managing it and how good we are at making changes to our finances. Mm. And I think that a lot of people have quite a skewed mindset on money. Yes. Found. So yes. you yep. teach particular things about the mindset. And what problems do you see with people a lot? Oh, well, it's actually not the physical. I was talking about this in a, a video I was just recording. It's not usually physical habits. So what I mean is like physical money management, like getting you to save, pay off debt, you know, very, very strong. You can see the value changing and, you know, in terms of this is 24, then it's becoming 30 or, you know, decreasing. It's actually the spiritual principles of money. So teaching people that actually money 
is a an exchange between people it's a trust relationship it's actually the habits then when I try and encourage people to invest in their future or give that is the giving giving is the trigger habit I can and I'll be honest like if anyone wants to work with me or you know me to help them with their business or anything like that if I can't see that they're giving and saving and spent like all the habits that's the first thing if they're not moving towards that right because it's a heart change I know that they're they're really controlling money rather than mother controlling them and I think as well as money my I suppose greatest heartache at the moment with the work that I do is I see a lot of people stuck in life. So money will be used as I'm going to say it as an excuse for why they're not moving forward. Well, well, I, th- I think it's an excuse, but it's only an excuse when you could look at it retrospectively or when mm. you can look at it from outside. When you're stuck in it, you don't see it as an excuse. You see it as a reason, and it's a, a solid reason. Exactly. Now, but- for me there's not very much distinction between reason and excuse. Mm -hmm. But if you're stuck there, it's a narrative that you tell yourself. How many of us have told ourselves, if we move away from money and look at time, how many of us never have enough time? Mm -hmm. We don't have enough time for this, that, or everything else. We don't have time to spend with our family, to look after our health, to make meals, to look after our finances. Mm -hmm. But we had a lockdown where a majority of people were either off work Mm -hmm. or they were not commuting to and from work. Mm. So suddenly you had a blessing of more time. Yep. Now, depending on what you were doing, that amount of time could vary, but pretty much everyone had more time. Mm. And for some people, a lot more time. (laughs) What did you do with that time? Yeah. What did you do with the extra facilities that you had the ability to be able to go and work out. Granted, you couldn't go to a gym, but you could have yeah. done some kind of exercise Good routine. Walking, you could have spent yeah. more time cooking meals, more time with your family. Just time was there. Mm. So your excuse of having no time disappeared. How many of us can actually look back and say, you know what, I utilized time better. Mm. The thing that I was craving, the reason that I couldn't do stuff, the reason that I was holding on to as the thing that was holding me back in some areas, now that that reason was resolved, what did I actually do with it? Mm-hmm. Did I do those things? And it comes down to when you look at money as well. Somebody saying that they don't have enough money for all of these things that they want to achieve and they struggle to make ends meet or they struggle to save. But the moment someone gets a pay rise, in all likelihood, they don't then start to siphon off the extra money yeah. to yeah. do some of these things. What you find is that the car moves from BMW 5 Series to a BMW 7 Series, or you get the X version of it, you get Mm. the bigger version. So Mm. the car goes up by £15,000 list price, which means it goes up £150 a month each month. So what you've done is you've funneled money into an area that you're already funneling money, rather than saying to yourself, well, actually, I've got this surplus or this extra that I never had before, so I'm going to start to put it in these places where I had the excuse, I don't have enough money. And that's, that's the thing I notice with people a lot. And I've done it in the past as well. You have lots of reasons. They are really excuses. But when you suddenly get the ability or the, um, the tools mm-hmm. to be able to do something where it's more time, pay increase, what you don't do is you don't immediately siphon that benefit mm. into the places where you've had reasons why you haven't addressed it before. Right, right. You don't actually utilize the resources that you have to address these things, which means that you stay bogged down by having no time. You, beca- you, you stay bitter 
about you have no time to do these things. You mm-hmm. can't look after your health. You can't look after the money. You can't do these things. And you remain stuck in that mindset. But actually, you've been there for 10 years. Mm. And an awful lot of your life has changed. And you've never addressed it. So that's that's the thing that I think a lot of people can probably relate to. The fact that there are areas maybe that you feel aren't quite as good in your life that could do with addressing. But why haven't you done it so far? Mm. You, no one can say my life is the same now as it was 10 years ago. That I've not had a pay increase. I've not had a shift in my finances. I've not had... You know, car deals coming to an end which means i have another choice about what i do next yeah or whether i move house or not we always have prompts and drivers to think about things differently but without being mindful we can go into the default of just furnishing those areas that we already furnish spending time and mental power in the places that we already spend it because it's comfortable it's comfortable to focus on the next house the next car the kitchen upgrade the bigger tv the um, takeaway, what meal we're going to get this week, rather than say to ourselves, well, hold on a minute, I'm going to break this cycle, mm. especially as I have now have more time, more money, or whatever it is that's going to serve you to become better in particular areas. Mm. And I think in life, the changes, the events that happen, when we select them, we say that we're creating opportunity when there are things that we couldn't have planned, there are experiences that you know hurt us or make us really stuck and broken in that moment we call those problems and you know and that's where the kind of the capacity the the power almost goes from us when I was prepping for this podcast I was listening to a seminar by one of my favorite prosperity teachers a lady called Edwin Gaines um, and she was talking about in this workshop actually sharing a time where she had been um, sexually abused by someone that she trusted she was using an example of how she would work through forgiveness and and moving past that quite traumatic event and where you know some people that defines their life quite predominantly and she was talking about the decision that she had after it once she'd worked through it that she decided that she was going to use it as a springboard to help other people but also it was not going to take away from her power and her place in the world she was going to use it and empower herself and others and you were listening to Rick Rowe was it his podcast that he was talking about um, he had gone into rehab recently yeah so he had an alcohol problem he basically saw that it gave him a confidence when he's mm-hmm. around people mm-hmm. he was um, a little bit shy and struggled in social areas and then the first time he drank he suddenly noticed that he was just able to communicate with people and be everything he would like to be. Ah, right, okay. And then he fell into this loop. Um, and then he went eventually to rehab. And it was quite interesting that the therapist he saw before going into rehab said that he was terminally unique. Right. So what he was saying was that you're so focused on that your problems are special, that you are unique. No one else has been through this. Mm. You are such a unique, special flower. But in actual fact, you're just another alcoholic. You're just the same as everyone else. You're just, and, and, and that's the interesting thing. We are all the same as everyone else. Mm. We like to think we're unique. And in some areas we are. Like what we bring to our friends and yes, our families what are, we bring to the does world. make you yes. unique. Yes. But I think we need to move away 
from thinking we're unique and wanting to be unique because we can draw on the wrong reasons why we're unique. Mm. So many people feel like, oh, you know what? This bad series of events have happened. Mm. It makes me unique. It makes me special, not for the good, but for the bad that happened to me. Well, you're not unique. If you look at um, people that have had poor education, there's people like Richard Branson and Alan Sugar who never really did well in school and yet they've created wonderful things. And there are countless others like them and there are also countless other people who have had poor education that have done nothing. There are people that have lost loved ones at key times, whether it's mm. siblings, parents, children, and it can be in quite traumatic situations. And what you'll find is there are some people that get stuck with that, mm. can't move on from it, and end up bogged down for the rest of their life. And there are others that flourish and grow and do wonderful things with it, whether it's outreach to other people or whether it's just creating great things for their life and mm. kind of living on behalf of that person that isn't around anymore. There's people that have relationships end and they can get bogged down with why were they left, why are they not good enough and they can focus on the fact that they're unique and special and they were basically abandoned yeah. because of something about them. When there's plenty of others that have gone on to have new relationships, better relationships and more fulfilling lives. For every circumstance where you can look at your life and say, woe is me, I've had such a hard time, I'm unique and special. Well, there are thousands or millions of people that have been through each of these events in Mm. a similar kind of way. And there have been basically choices. Choice about how you deal with that. Choice of where you move to once it's happened to you. Things happening to you can be horrible. And no one wants to experience those. But the fact is that Everyone around you at some point is going to die, right? (laughs) But that's a sucky thought. And hopefully the people that you care about that are younger than you don't die before you. But everyone you know... Well, is it not um, the thing about life is you don't get out alive? I think that was a quote by Jim Rowan. (laughs) You have to deal with the death of people that you care about at some point. And you can't avoid that. And everyone throughout history has had to deal with that. Mm. And no one's been able to avoid being hurt and being Mm. bogged down for a brief period of time but everyone has a choice of what to do next so if we take that which is quite drastic and quite a big deal to have to deal with and you say well everyone's got to do it like you can't get away from that you can be unique and say that you know this relationship thing happened to me and no one else would have had that or this job or this um, bullying or whatever is very unique to me but death is universal everyone has it And you can't say that you love someone more than anyone else ever loved someone else. So it's not unique Mm -hmm. and special to you. So if everyone can work on that particular trauma and deal with it in different ways, and a lot of people move forward in positive ways Mm -hmm. and not get bogged down, not be bitter from it, then to me that says that, therefore, that applies to every circumstance that Mm -hmm. happened. That you aren't the only one that's going to deal with it, but also that you have a choice. Mm -hmm. Because... Everyone can review how they feel about something, not necessarily at the time when it's at its most raw. And as you mentioned, you know, seeking help, seeking yes, a way to deal yes. with that immediate rawness is something that we need to explore in different ways um, that help us through. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you then move into a kind of more generic realm where it is a choice. Do you stay there or do you move forward? Mm. And being better doesn't mean forgetting these things. It doesn't mean that you can't use them as lessons or you can't remember these things and allow them to be part of your emotional makeup. The key part of it is 
not being stuck there yes where you're standing yes. still and you can't move on this person left me in a relationship and now i'm just abandoned and unwanted and not good enough mm. so that's now who i am absolutely this person decided to maybe not treat me right as a child and therefore that's my worth in the world i'm not worth anything mm. and i'm stuck here well if other people can pick themselves up and do amazing things off the back of events like that then at the very least you can move forward and live just a nice quality of life the word that came to me while you were speaking there was restoration and i always think of it as some things in life are taken away because there's going to be an improvement or a restoration of something better and i know that in my own life at the times where you've not been able to find the good um that i've actually had those moments in my recent adult life where i've i've said i've cried out and i've just i've just gone you know god can you show me the one percent chance of how good this could work out what is if you like the silver line and what is that one bit of hope that I need to know has somebody got through this has somebody not just got through it but got through it well you know to a better day can I f just help me find God help me find that person help me find them online help me find them in the real world and that prayer has always been answered it's well, felt it, like you know it's been there's always been somebody who's overcome the, the reason is because you're choosing to confirmation bias right you want yes. to find the positive you want to find people that have dealt with what you've had mm. and been good and potentially thrived off the mm. back of it so you'll find it if you don't want to find it if you want to find all the people that have sucky lives and haven't really moved on and been bogged down and things have got worse and spiraled out of control mm. you'll find that too and i feel from my personal faith point of view i believe it's given like the right person the right thing will just appear it'll be given to so it's not a case of like i've got to find it i've actually felt like it's, it's the thought that's come to my head. And as I was prepping for this as well, one of my favourite stories in the Bible that I love is the story of Joseph. So you might have seen the musical Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, yeah, right? I don't know why he's got a coat. Like. I don't <laughs> know enough about it. Why he, he got a coat? Because like, his father loved him the most. That's why he got a fancy coat. You need to read it. You'll love it. <laughs> Go check it out. But the reason I share this is the story of that, if you don't know the story of Joseph, I'll very, very summarise so there's there's a group of brothers and basically Joseph was the 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 son that his father loved the most, okay? And he got a nice so, coat. And he got a nice coat as a result. And they were all farmers and different jobs like that. You know, that's it was quite manual labour back then. And the other brothers got jealous. So there was older brothers than Joseph as well, and they were just jealous or that he was the chosen one, if you like, his father loved him more, that he was getting all the special treatment. And there's part of the story at the start that goes, his brothers went ahead of Joseph, and the, the brothers then plotted about how they would actually throw him in a ditch for animals to come and kill him. And so then they would go to his dad and say, oh, no, Joseph's dead, right? The Bible's so, pretty harsh, isn't it, at times? <laughs> it's pretty, pretty, pretty hardcore. We don't get, well, maybe a little bit of truth still nowadays. And so the story goes that Joseph lost his brothers while they were off doing that. And he met a stranger in the road. And he asked the stranger, oh, you know, have you seen my brothers? And he, the stranger went, ah, yeah, they've just gone ahead. Now, that stranger, you could assume, didn't know that actually his brothers were planning to kill him and, you know, hurt him. He was just like, oh, I'm doing 
this is just part of the journey I've come across you and I'm going to help you so then because of that that stranger Joseph then finds his brothers he, you know, and the story goes that then they, rather than kill him, they sell him as a slave. He goes into Egypt. Long, long story. Eventually it is that Joseph is a senior in charge in Egypt and the brothers don't recognise him initially. They're brought to him where Joseph was actually going to decide their fate. Okay, so he had the power. And then the last verse that kind of summarises the story is this really awful thing that the enemy that the world wanted to do against Joseph or against people in general, look how God actually turned it around and made it for good. So you could say, oh, you know, the heartache, the trauma, the pain of like his brothers selling him as a slave and lying and deceit and hating him, all that pain. Well, actually that whole journey then meant Joseph could bless his family and bless a whole nation as a result. And you could even look at that stranger in the road and say, it's your fault. You know, if you had been Joseph in slavery and gone, you know, that I hate my brothers, I'm going to go out, once I leave here, I'm going to break you, I'm going to kill them. You know, you could really, there's two paths to choose. Of course. You could have blamed that stranger who was, it wasn't their fault in the story path. So thinking about other kind of stories where good comes out of something which mm-hmm. looks bad. Um, I remember, I don't know whether you told me or someone told me or I read it or saw something about way back when um, there were people on places like the Spanish Canary Islands and Mallorca and places like that. And the kids were always divided up some of the land or given pieces of land. Yes, that's right. And um, the, the basically the favourites or the eldest were given the land which was really good for that's farming. Right. That's right, yeah. And the youngest ones or the ones that weren't loved as much potentially yep. were just given these bits and pieces by the coast. You know, yep. not great for farming, not great for anything. And over the course of time, obviously, you end up with tourism and stuff like yep. that. And then the guys that owned the coastal stuff could sell it for tons and tons of money, whereas the farming land was still just farming land and no one cared and it's not really worth that much. So I find parallels in that as far as you're kind of presented with a situation and someone decides what you're going to have and what your lot in life is. Mm. But actually now in the regard for the Spanish stuff, it's kind of luck rather than judgment. But the fact is that good can come out of bad yes and it often does come out of bad especially if you see the opportunity if you like these people if they decided you know i don't want this land i don't want anything to do with it Mm. and just kind of wandered off and left it then they wouldn't be able to reap the rewards that came later yes whereas if they made the best of what they got then when these rewards are available they're set up ready to receive them Mm. so i think the the key is always to not get bogged down in now but think to yourself there is a silver lining somewhere. And even if I can't see it, it will evolve and materialize yes, over love the that. course of time. Love that. So to close up the podcast, you know me. I always love to give you some action points. Top to tips? Think about. No, they're not top tips. Oh. They're more like, you know what, if this title's really resonated with you about experiences you had, and when you look back, you go, I'm not sure actually if I've moved to making better of this. I'm, I'm still trying to get there. Um, I've got three things that I think will really help you in 2022 to really overcome and empower yourself in these situations again. And remember, actually, who you are and your worth in the world. So the first thing I would say is being very honest about where you are in your forgiveness journey. And I think if you feel that you can quite easily get bitter and resentful, even if it happened 5, 10, 15, or just a year ago, I think it's okay to say to yourself, maybe it's time 
to work on that and it's time to let go of that baggage and that weighing you down and that emotional pain any further it's okay to drop some of it and what i would say is forgiveness definitely isn't a clean thing no it doesn't mean that you can like people say forgive and forget you can forgive something but it can still come back and bite you here and there you can still feel emotionally overwhelmed at various moments in time that doesn't mean that you're stuck in a place mm. or that you're going back there. It just means that you're a human, that sometimes you get prompts and feelings yeah. and yeah. they happen. The important part is to continue to remind yourself that you forgive and that you move on when you do get those emotional prompts. Mm. But don't expect that you kind of say, right, I forgive and you truly believe it and then it's gone forever. No. It might happen in some cases, but in others it might not but that's okay. It's not an abnormal part of the process. Mm. The second thing I would say is if you do feel empowered to share it with someone else. So I've talked about in, in situations that I've felt emotional trauma, I've looked for somebody or some situation that felt like the 1% hope. If you feel that you are in that stage where actually you're ready to share your story, you could be the perfect person to share that story of hope and survival and rebuilding that somebody like me was looking for. So always feel like whatever you go through, I personally believe that the situations we go through are because a higher power God knew that we were strong enough to get through them and get through them successfully, knew that we would get through and turn it into good. And so don't be afraid to share your story with somebody, with even online, anonymously, anything at all. And that leads me on to the third thing as well. And this is now just simply the moving on part. Once you know and feel empowered that you're going to make use a situation for better in your life, it's then just deciding on one positive action that you're going to now take that will remind you of actually your true nature and how strong and how capable and you know how loving you can still be in the world despite what's happened to you almost like this thing is not going to hold you back anymore so it could be you decide that actually you're going to take up um, a meditation practice or you're going to start reading positive literature now as a result you're going to focus really on serving people a little bit deeper maybe do volunteer work it could be anything but choose something that will remind you of your confidence and your inner strength again and so that being said I really do hope today's episode um, helps somebody out there I felt really inspired that it's such a, a a common thing we'll all have to deal with situations that will cause us pain and trauma but it's the aftermath then we have the choice of using it as something that's going to make us bitter or you know keep us stuck or how can we turn this for good? What is the angle that we can take and carry forward in our life? And if you have enjoyed this episode, our comment section, you can always leave us a comment if you want to share anything uh, online about the episode with us, any feedback. But equally, we've got now three, four months worth of video podcasts on the Mama Fur Fur channel. So if you're watching, hi there, we love you. Um, if you're watching, please do give it a thumbs up. And as I say, you can leave a comment. You can hit subscribe as well so that you can follow the channel. If you're listening only, perhaps on Spotify or iTunes or everything, there is actually a back catalogue of the past nearly two years. So please, I'd love if you'd either share this episode with someone or even go back through the back catalogue and watch another episode that catches your attention. So thank you so much for watching and listening to the Prosperity Project podcast today. We will speak to you very soon.